Welcome to the Vital Foods Insights August Industry Highlights Podcast. I'm Natalia Francajosha, content producer at Vital Foods. Today, we are showcasing some of the key highlights across Vital Foods Insights and the nutraceutical industry, offering a little context on how it might accelerate your product ideation and go-to-market strategy. Let's start with the topic of sustainability. This August 2021, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, released a report that provides new estimates of the chances of crossing the global warming levels of 1.5 degrees Celsius in the next decades. It finds that unless there are immediate, rapid and large-scale reductions in greenhouse gas emissions, limiting warming to close to 1.5 degrees Celsius or even 2 degrees Celsius will be beyond reach. What does that mean to the nutraceutical industry? In our newest podcast episode, Investing Sustainable Nutrition, Rich Troyer, CEO at Comet Bio, shared with VitaFoods. People have thought of sustainability as reducing your carbon footprint, and that's certainly one of the things we look at. We also look at things like land use, using food waste you know, that would have other gone to waste and, and putting it back in the supply chain, and even making farming practices like no-till farming, organic farming, profitable by buying food waste from the farmers. And food system waste has been identified as one of the largest contributors to greenhouse gases. In fact, I, I read a statistic that if food system waste was a country, it would actually be the third largest emitter of greenhouse gases in the world. So doing our part to reduce food system waste has a big impact. Tom Doxey, a partner at Open Prairie, further added from an investment perspective. I think the investments shaped for the future are not just about financial returns, they're about doing something good for the planet. It's really high on almost everybody's list these days. And that's true. To get a piece of business, that might break a tie. Further, for businesses rethinking their packaging choices to become more sustainable, Susan Gapson, co-founder at Pep and Lecker, shares the needs for governmental support when it comes to incentivizing more sustainable choices. One is the responsibility of the local authorities to provide better recycling options. I mean, in continental Europe, you can recycle all sorts of plastics and they've invested huge sums. So I think there's a huge responsibility on the government and on local authorities to invest in recycling. The time is certainly now to invest into sustainable practices. Next. In early August, we saw International Beer Day. We celebrated looking at functional beer options as a healthy alternative to traditional beers. Specifically, we looked at Fungity, the first adaptogenic, alcohol-free beer brewed with functional mushrooms that helps consumers adapt to stress and help keep their minds and bodies in good form. Zoe Henderson, founder of Fungity, believes great craft beer can be made with reduced fermentation. We can have different functional elements going in there, health benefits, and people who maybe haven't been beer drinkers before are now coming into this category. I would love to see ABV as just another ingredient. You know, you can dial it up and dial it down how you see fit. Of course, alcohol adds depth and body, viscosity, really interesting flavor profiles to beer. Now people are really understanding flavor profiles and the beer itself is what's important. ABV is a byproduct 
essentially of, of the brewing process and it doesn't always mean that higher ABV means a better beer. So this is really exciting. At the same time, this kind of pairs very well with people caring about their health, looking for more healthier beverages, looking for drinks that they don't have to compromise on. So you love beer, you love the flavors, you love the profiles, but you don't always want the hangover that comes with, you know, a four, five, 6% craft ale. So the future is ABV as an ingredient. The future is people looking at more mindful drinks, healthier drinks, but not wanting to lose or sacrifice on the flavor profiles of the well-known drinks that they've always been used to. So I see this as a really exciting development in craft beer. I see it as an evolution of the category and a way that the category can stay strong and growing over the next few years as well. Next, a storm of stress, anxiety and depression have been created and accelerated throughout the COVID global pandemic, urging consumers to become more aware of their state of mind, health and well-being. Following the pandemic, anxiety and mental health have become top priorities for consumers across the generations, focusing on preventive measures. A new report focused on cognitive health, just published at Vitafoods Insights, reports strong growth in the cognitive health industry. What's importantly noted is that consumers are turning to functional foods that offer benefits towards mental well-being. It has been noted that 85% of U.S. vitamin, minerals and supplement consumers are interested in products that enhance their mental health. 52% of Chinese parents with children between the ages of 4 to 12 would buy food or drinks if they were good for intellectual development. And 43% of Brazilian consumers would be interested in products that helped them to become less stressed. But what about market opportunities and trends? What should companies trying to break into the cognitive health space consider? David Furman, the herbal pharmacist, believes the market for cognitive health products is yet to peak, as he observes. The need for cognitive health products may have slowed during the pandemic due to the sharp increase in desire for immune health products, but I don't expect that to continue as I expect a booming interest in all mental wellness products, including cognitive health. Another trend shared with us by Fred Nicole, managing associate intellectual property at the law firm Simons & Simons, is around organizations increasingly obtaining patents for natural products, such as dietary supplements. There are a variety of ways you could patent a natural ingredient, depending on the particulars of the invention involved. So, for example, you could have a newly isolated natural ingredient so that could be a compound that already exists in nature, but has never been isolated before by means of a technical process. Alternatively, you could have new uses of known natural ingredients, such as new therapies or new cosmetic uses. You could have new combinations of multiple natural ingredients that work together synergistically to bring about an improved effect. You could have new formulations such as new amounts and ratios of natural ingredients or excipients that bring about a benefit. Or you could have new delivery devices, such as therapeutic dosage forms that deliver natural ingredients in a new way. Any of these could potentially be patentable, depending on meeting particular requirements of the jurisdiction that you're looking at, chiefly that the invention is new and inventive. Get the full insights by downloading the report at the hyperlink available on the show notes. Next, K 
Keeping up with the global regulatory guidance for nutraceutical brands, Weimun Poon, regulatory affairs consultant at Wang SJ Asia, shared with Vitafoods all about the framework of the Asian Agreement on Health Supplements, which is finalized and due to be signed by the end of 2021. And from an European perspective, Anja Derejek, Regulatory Affairs Associate at Food Compliance International has highlighted the significant changes post-Brexit for UK and EU supplement businesses. If you're interested in finding out more, catch both presentations in the link available in the show notes. We will also be covering EU regulations as part of our Vitafoods Europe later this year in October. Hans Verhagen will highlight some of the most important changes and considerations surrounding food supplement brands looking to retail in Europe and label their products correctly, including a look into how Brexit has impacted EU-UK trade and supply chain. To learn more about our Vitafoods Europe hybrid event scheduled for the 4th to the 8th of October, check our website at vitafoods.eu.com. That's all for now. Thanks again for joining me. And don't forget to check the show notes that will allow you to link to the information discussed in today's podcast. The Vital Foods Insights Industry Highlights podcast happens monthly, so be sure to stay tuned, subscribe, and even suggest to a friend. Thanks for joining me. Until next time.